The Chase Report is brought to you by your mum. Ha 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 I'm sorry. That was that was dumb. I take I take it back. I swear I'll do better next time. God, I'm so stupid. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence. This is the Chaser Report. Hello, and welcome to the Chaser Report on Monday, the twentieth of September, twenty twenty-one. We have Gabby Bolt, we have Meet Om Knight, and Charles Firth for the last time before he buggers off for a week. Charles, how could you? I know. It's going to be so good not to have to work with either of you. Yay. I'm looking forward to just working with Gabby, actually. I think Charles has been holding us back. I, I really don't do anything, Dom. Well, let's see. Let's see in a week whether the ratings have plunged because that's, <laughs> that's my prediction. Yeah. Uh, should we make this interesting? How much money have you got? That's a good question because that's a lovely segue into what I want to talk about and why. Oh. Oh, okay. so, well, I'm so happy. Way to avoid the bet, but go on. You know, you're, you everyone here is probably a bit povo, right? You know, like you, you got to <laughs> no. Have you? Do you have credit card or afterpay or something like that? Do you have enough? We're working on a afterpay. podcast because we love it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you know, maybe uh, like how much have you got on afterpay? It's like not a personal question. Like, oh, I I, I pay all of it off. I oh, actually, because right. I grew up povo, you see, so I know yeah. what debt can do to somebody. So, so it's like, you know, like at most it would ever be like 500 bucks or something. Uh, yeah, I w- yeah. I think the last thing I purchased with it was a concert ticket, which, you know, went down the shitter anyway. But yeah. it was like, yeah, $250. $250. Okay. So spare a thought for Evergrande. Have you heard about Evergrande? No, what's Evergrande? No. Right. So <laughs> Evergrande, it is a company in China that has just gone broke. Guess how much debt Evergrande racked up before they realised, oh, wait a minute, we don't have any money to pay it back. Oh, 10, 20 billion? Uh, yeah, five million? Three hundred billion dollars. No, what? They've collapsed with three hundred billion dollars worth of That's debt. That's like three times the Australian sub program. <laughs> No, exactly. That's like a quarter of student debt in this country now. <laughs> Are they going to jail? Is that? It's all very protected by the Chinese Communist Party, so there probably won't be that many consequences. But oh well, if they're in the Chinese Communist mm. Party, then everybody in the country will be paying it back. Yeah, well, exactly. Well, it's been compared to the collapse of Lehman Brothers, yeah, which was a sort of comparable size actually. But that led to the GFC. I don't know whether you oh, know what the that, GFC is. That cheeky little two thousand and eight. Broadway number. Yeah, yeah that, I remember that. And the funny thing is that Evergrande collapsed last week on the same day as the anniversary of the Lehman Brothers collapse. So uh, that's so impressive. Um, it was the thirteenth. It was the thirteenth anniversary of Lehman Brothers not being able to pay its debt. Unlucky thirteenth anniversary. There you go. Yes. And it's going to have consequences on the Chinese economy for years. I, I, I would just note last week Australia signalled that it was buying a few nuclear subs, and then the whole of the Chinese economy collapsed basically the next day. Right. I think I think we can claim victory in the war on China. <laughs> I mean, Well, there you go. Yeah. On today's show, Sammy Shah is going to take a look at what Labor's been up to with its pre-selections. Nothing controversial there. In a moment, though, we'll head to Rebecca Dean in the Chaser Newsroom. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
France has withdrawn its ambassador from Australia after the Morrison government cancelled its nuclear submarine deal. France called the move treason and said it was not acceptable from an ally, as opposed to blowing up a Greenpeace boat moored in an ally's harbour, which is internationally recognised as an act of friendship. New Labor Lower House candidate Christina Keneally said she was looking forward to representing the people of Western Sydney in the Parliament and was hoping to meet one at some point. When told locals' major concern was about an outsider taking away the seat of Fowler from a local, Keneally maintained she still felt more welcome than she had been as New South Wales Premier. Scott Morrison cut Christian Porter loose yesterday after he could not explain who had funded his legal blind trust. The PM decided that dodgy deals involving vast amounts of money were only appropriate if the funds were for car parks or overpriced land near an airport. Porter has sued the blind trust that funded his legal battle against the ABC for defamation and expects it to fund his case against itself. Those are the latest headlines from The Chaser. Welcome to The War for another week. I'm Rebecca Deunamuno. Just before we chat with Sammy Shah about Labor and Christina Keneally and so on, on Saturday we published a chat with Dave Smith from the US Studies Centre at Sydney Uni about AUKUS, this new grouping with Australia, the UK and the US, and the nuclear submarines that we're supposed to be getting at some point in the future, wherever that may be. We wanted to understand whose interest this was in. Was it in our interest or America's? And whether we had any chance of really containing China in the region. We also wanted to catch up on the latest from Trump world. Here is the beginning of that conversation. You can find the rest of it, all 35 minutes or so, in your podcast feed. How's it going? Were you surprised by this? Ah, yes, I was. This was very effectively kept secret. Like, I've got to say, my uh, respect for the Australian government's ability to keep secrets has increased uh, as a result of this. Whether that's good from a democratic perspective is a different question, but certainly this has taken pretty much everybody by surprise. Well, one of the good things uh, when you're a government that's consistently involved in cover-ups is that you get really good at keeping secrets. Like It's, it's a core strength. It's a- <laughs> yeah, and they kept it from the French and from the Kiwis, it seems, yeah. as well. Um, and yes. we, we never got to say about whether we wanted to go nuclear either. So there uh, you go. Yes, the French reaction of heartbreak has really been something to behold. Hmm. Uh, yeah. So this has really been a surprise. There have been a lot of people in Australia who have been advocating for increased technology sharing with the US, but I think that even they were surprised by the extent to which this has suddenly happened. Mm. And and the spin has been that Morrison did this basically on his own, didn't he? He he went out 18 months ago and said, we we need some submarines and, and it's been, you know, being talked about behind closed doors for 18 months. And I, I suppose... That means that Morrison went, we've got to align ourselves more with Trump. Because like like, Trump was in, in the White House back 18 months ago. So is that, is that what was going on? Like he was going, yeah, oh, this guy looks like the stable the, person. The, the, the who broader, should- yeah, the, the broader context of this is that, so, I mean, when Morrison took power three years ago, he said mm. Australia doesn't have to choose between the US and China. Now, since then... Australia's relationship with China has deteriorated massively 
for a number of reasons, some of which are related to the trade war with China that Trump began. Mm. And then there have been other things like Australia's, you know, firm line on we need to investigate the causes of the pandemic, Um, uh, Australia taking a fairly firm line on Hong Kong and things like that. But it it is all connected to the Australian relationship to the US, which Mm. during the Trump period, um, that China saw that as that was deepening. So, yeah, despite the fact that three years ago, Morrison said we don't have to choose between the US and China, Sort of since then, we have continually chosen the US. The Chaser Report. Less news, more often. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The Chase Report is sponsored by... Wait, no. One second, hold on. Hey, John. Hey, sorry. I'm doing spotties today and I'm really struggling here. Can I get a hand? Yeah, of course. What do you got, mate? So I'm working on this pull my finger joke and I... Uh, No, you can't really do a pull my finger joke. It's too visual for a pod. Cool. Get out. Now, if you're a regular listener to the Chaser Report, uh, you know that we don't really discuss Labor and its shortcomings very much. That's largely because they're not in power, but it's also because they're above criticism. They can do no wrong in the eyes of this podcast. And as Sammy Shah joins us, I'm sure he'll agree. Hello, Sammy. Hello, Dom. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Just thinking about how great Labor are, really. And I mean, they really are flawless. inspiring. They're, they're quite fantastic. Just the way that they understand politics and how to win at it is is so you know it's textbook you literally could write a textbook and beat them to death with it <laughs> what is going on here what is this opposites day and you haven't told me or something what is going on look i don't know if you've heard charles but like i i just saw um anthony albanese who i don't know if you know his official title is deputy leader of the opposition with the official leader of the opposition of course being malcolm turnbull but anthony albanese was giving a speech about how diverse labor is and how incredible labor is with his diversity because his last name is albanese even though even though he genuinely looks so so boringly white he makes bill shorten look <laughs> ethnic so yeah so sorry I, i'm actually genuinely confused here mm. so what you're saying is anthony albanese is mm-hmm. a diverse candidate in the next mm. election and that he's he's in the opposition is he i always assumed he must be in the government because he always backs in the government right i can i, I can see that confusion i totally understand yeah. why especially especially you know with the submarine deal right now yes. and how much is supported that and yes. how much is supported you know anything to do with basically Anything the government has to say, yeah. uh, you you would think that, but no, this is surprising information. You're right. One of the things that that, that I found really exciting is that they, they you know diversity is such a difficult thing in Australian politics to embrace, and mm. and Labour has done such a good job of it over the years yes. to the point that Christina Keneally, um, mm. who I don't know if you're familiar with her, she's an American, um, mm. which we're reminded <laughs> of every time she opens her mouth, yes. um, and uh, she basically got into politics because her husband 
and wanted to get into politics and Labour's gender diversity quota prevented him from doing so and she, being a woman, was therefore pushed into politics. That's literally how Christina Keneally got into politics. It's a beautiful story about what a woman can achieve when given an opportunity through diversity. And she has just celebrated that, you know, passed it on, just made sure that the next person down the line also gets those benefits by going to a suburb where there's, I think, 500,000 Asian Australians (laughs) and just saying, fuck all of you in the face, I am now Asian. She is, she's the Scarlett Johansson of Australian politics. And it's really (laughs) been amazing to watch someone just walk in and take shit that belongs to someone else. That's what this country is built on. That's true. I'm going to stick up for Christina. I don't think you understand, Sammy, as a uh, a Victorian uh, via WA, what she achieved here. What she did was she stepped in at a time when Labor was so mired in corruption um, and so on the nose Mm -hmm. that they had to choose someone different. So they chose a woman, made her premier, and she had a glowing 15 months of Mm. people resigning every week from her front bench. And then she got summarily dumped by voters. So she was was an amazing fall woman just when the party needed someone to fail on their behalf. Look, it's one of those things which, uh, you know, I'm from Pakistan. We've had a woman prime minister twice not once, but twice we've had a woman prime minister, which makes us better than Australia uh, in that 100%. regard. We've also then, unfortunately, it was the same woman twice and then we killed her in a bomb blast. So, Aww. you know, in some ways we kind of balance things out. But one of the things you discover about a woman prime minister, which you, Australia will one day also discover about, let's say, a person of colour who's a prime minister, is that they're still shit politicians. They're, they're you know, they just mm. are a different a politician with a different wrapping, which is an mm. important thing to show. What's amazing is Christina Keneally who now is basically parachuted into Fowler, taking the seat away from Tu Lee, who is a Vietnamese Australian born in Australia to refugee parents, is that Christina Keneally last year wrote an entire column about an op-ed piece about how immigrants should stop coming to Australia and taking Australian jobs um, and basically we should close the door on our temporary migrant intake, which she's an immigrant and now she's taking the job away from an Australian (laughs) citizen. What the fuck? (laughs) No, but but in fairness Sammy, like she actually said, she actually justified it. She said that she is paving the way for people like to leave. But- Getting into Two Lee's seat, then one day mm-hmm. people like Two Lee will mm-hmm. be able to get a seat, and she's just paving the way. Don't as you as opposed to the day being the next election day when when Two Lee gets into power, is that? No, 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 no. You go, like Christina will be there. She'll show Two Lee how to do it, mm-hmm. and then someone like Two Lee, when Christina resigns in twenty years' time, can then have their way paved. You see? Do you know, Charles? Do you know how paving stones are laid down to carry that metaphor a little bit further? When mm. you pave the way for something, right? It, yes. it means you're laying down paving stones. You have to lay down a bit of a concrete or, or uh, you know, kind base. And and that mm. concrete is usually created, particularly it comes from ancient Rome. When we talk about these things, you know, there's ash, there's volcanic ash, and there's sometimes human bones incorporated into mm. that concrete mixture to give it a certain stability and, and gluten and everything. So, you know, she is paving the way literally on the, on the concreted bones of uh, people of colour. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Christina Keneally. You, you yeah. really are showing us how to do you know the best thing about this is now any American who moves to Australia can feel inspired enough to get into Australian politics because that's what we've been wanting more Americans in our political structure yeah it can only go well for us (laughs) absolutely look Sammy 
Paul mm. Keating made a very helpful interjection into this discussion, um, for, mm. saying that, look, that's all well and good, but you need executive experience. You need uh, people who know how to actually run the country and do the job. And I think that's a good point. What Christina Keneally brings to the front bench is someone who knows how to get plummeted into a job, not do it very well, and then get kicked out of it within 15 months. I mean, that Thule does not has, have that experience. Sure. Absolutely. Thule, you're right. And, and, and Paul Keating is 100% correct. Thule might be naive enough to think that you've got to stand for something, that you've got to have values and principles, that when you do this job, you've got to be good at it, um, you know, that you've got to believe in equal representation for the people, that democracy is for the people, by the people, of the people. All of these things that have no place in Australia in politics and, 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 and Paul Keating is 100% correct. But what about the grassroots? Because this is the thing, the other thing that, that really annoys me is that people in that electorate seem to want to determine who their candidate will be. Whereas what we know is that the way that our system works yes. is that if there's a safe seat, a seat that is so safe that Labor can't possibly lose it, they can put whoever they want. They can just parachute in some old hack who's been around for ages and they've just got to put up with it. There's no grassroots. That's not how our system works. Uh, this whole grassroots thing, this isn't Obama's America. Stopped using incorporated language. This We've never had a grassroots campaign in Australia. We're not going to start having one now. This is Australia, goddammit. You better learn how to live here. You better love it or you leave it, just like Christina Keneally probably will say in her next op-ed column. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, has anybody seen John? He's meant to be doing sponsors. No? Okay, I'll just... Alright, uh, let's see. The Chaser Report is... What'd you say? I was doing the sponsor reads. I just said the Chaser Report is... Chaser Report and D's nuts. Fucking got him. Thanks. Thanks, John. Ugh. Man, these neighbor stories will not stop. It's just an, it's a never-ending saga. So w- what's happened? Okay, so you already know the story about the neighbor that I may or may not have plotted his murder who lives behind me. Yeah, uh, is, he, playing... is he dead yet? Or? No, 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 he's not because no. the, the doof-doof still happens on a semi-regular occurrence. But no, now there's a, there's a new addition to the fun. My next-door neighbor, who is this very lovely woman, informed us earlier this week that her roof needed some repairs done and so they had to build scaffolding on the side of our property to get to her roof because all the houses in my street are really close together. So they, they've they built some scaffolding and everything and, and I have never witnessed roof repairs being done, but oh, is it loud. It's so loud. <laughs> are, are your roofs connected? Like No. A, no, right. No. So you're probably grateful for the doof-doof because it gives you a break from the other noise. Not really. Um, Lucky for me so far, they haven't occurred at the same time. Can, but you, can you ask them to syncopate it? Oh. I was getting a bit grumpy with them this morning because I was like, because not only are they bashing a roof apart, but they also started blasting radio. Oh, man, that's so 1980s. You should introduce them to podcasts. Well, you should introduce them to our podcast. The tide's turned. i got to say, I think I can win these guys over because then... Copacabana started playing, of oh. all things. 
Manilow, and I heard about five tradies at once just go, we fell in love. And I was like, oh, Cobra <laughs> Cabana, I love this. So you hear um, noisy intrusion. What I hear is opportunity for street karaoke. <laughs> I don't know if that would get me then uh, called by Crime Stoppers. They might cause me. I don't want to become the noise disturbance. Well, Gabby, the moment that it's illegal in the state of New South Wales, we will all come over to your house. We'll bring an incredibly <laughs> loud PA system and we will do karaoke. Oh, Very late in the night. Jesus. Well, only if it's Barry Manilow. Oh, I love Barry Manilow. I grew up with Are Barry Are you kidding? Right, We're great. old enough to genuinely like Barry Manilow in a non-ironic way. <laughs> Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We read them at the end of the week. And uh, maybe just mention Barry Manilow in today's yeah. one, if you'd be so kind. And and you should subscribe to the podcast or follow it in your podcast app. Our gears from Road Microphones. We're part of the ACAST Creator Network. Gotcha. Catch you next week, except for you, Charles. Get out of here. I'm, I'm away. See ya, fuckwits. <laughs> oh, <thank God. laughs>